Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 228, and today I'm going to give you an update of my not-so-impressive monthly numbers plus my new master plan, and I think it's important for me to really do this episode because there's a lot of people out there that will, you know, sugarcoat things or just talk about all of the all of the glory, right? All of the great stuff and I want to be a little different. I want to share with you, you know, numbers that might not be that impressive to some. They might be very impressive to a lot of people, but also why I think that we need to start thinking a little bit differently about this business or any business in general that you want to start. Bottom line is business is like a roller coaster and so is Amazon. Now, some of you have heard me talk about this before and I'm going to talk about it again because I think it's really, really important. But, you know, Amazon is a lot like Google, right? Google can do anything that they want, right? If we build stuff on Google, they can make an update and then all of our you know, sites or all of our content can get indexed differently or maybe they can just suspend our account, right? Same thing with Amazon, right? There's been people that have had successful businesses and then all of a sudden Amazon comes along and it, you know, just decides to suspend you for whatever reason, a violation. So I don't want to say this to scare you, but I do want you to start thinking down the road, when is the right time for you to switch gears? Now, does that mean that you should start off of Amazon and then come on Amazon? No, I'm not saying that at all. If I was to tell you where should you start, it should be on Amazon because Amazon, you can start uh, selling products immediately. Like as soon as you have your product and you ship it into Amazon, you can start selling. They have the, the web hosting, right? You don't need a website. You don't need content. You don't need an audience. You don't need an email list. You don't need a list. You don't need any of that stuff. All you need to do is follow what I've taught you already on this podcast, all right? Now, does this mean that I won't launch products anymore in the future? Absolutely not. I just launched three products about a week and a half ago, and I'm planning on launching uh, three more here coming soon. So no, that's not what I'm saying at all, but I do want you to be aware that, uh, you know, there's, again, numbers out there being flown around that uh, people get all excited about, and I, I think that you should get excited about it because it motivates you, but in the same breath, I want you to understand that it's risky just to bank on the one platform. And I've said this almost from the beginning, right? Because I've seen this ever since I've been online, ever since I've been selling online, which is just about 10 years now, right? I have seen where people have built their entire business on SEO, right? Search engine optimization. And they've built these you know, really, really popular websites and, or even like these little mini niche sites. Uh, Pat Flynn did a whole case study on a niche site duel where, um, that's kind of where he got his, his fame from, uh, where, you know, he was building, you know, like a little niche site about uh, security training and he was able to get it ranked. And then he was able to start making about two, $3,000 passively, you know, uh, same thing with Spencer Hawes. Uh, Spencer Hawes talks, uh, you know, from niche pursuits. He openly talks about him building these little mini niche sites 
He, his goal was only to build these little niche sites around like one product. So it could have been like around vacuum cleaner bags, right? Like a, like a review site. And then from there, he would get it ranked on, on Google. And then from there, he would start to make 30 or $50 per month. That was his goal. But his goal was to have maybe 10 of those sites and that would be 300 bucks a month. Or maybe it was 100 sites. Actually, I think he had upwards of three or 400 websites at one time. But here's the problem. And he experienced this. Google came up with an update. They started saying, you know what? Anyone that has these different links being pointed to their site from these social bookmarking platforms, guess what? We're going to de-index them. You're going away. There's no more traffic going to be sent to you. We're going to take you off the face of the earth, basically, right? So overnight, you're gone. Your business is wiped out. And he felt this. So that's crazy, right? So if they didn't have an email list, you can't push anybody to another thing. Now, if you had an email list, and that's hard to do with 400 websites, right? 400 websites, probably all over different niches and stuff, right? To build email lists. That's why it's probably smarter now to do an authority website where you can create content and then have products specifically for that audience, build that email list. So you guys can hear me. I always talk about the email list, right? That's the most important thing today and it will be tomorrow, right? Because people are still going to have their email and people are always going to follow through with the email if you're giving them valuable content, which we'll talk about here in a minute. But I'm going to go through, again, this entire kind of thought process, my new master plan. It's kind of been like another wake-up call for me and also a wake-up call for me to let you know um, kind of what I'm working on and kind of like what I plan on doing about this because I think it's important. You want to think longer term. Now, if you're just starting right now and you're listening to this podcast, I am not saying to not start on Amazon. I think you should start there. And I think that you should uh, you should go back and listen to all the podcast episodes that I've talked about starting and launching a product using Amazon. Um, actually, I do a workshop. I Actually, I should probably put a little plug in here right now for the workshop. So if you guys are brand new and you want to you wanna hear how that process you know, works and how it looks, just go to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop and you can sign up for that because I think that that is still a great way to start because again, you don't need all of those other things to get started, right? But, and a big but here, okay, the game is changing, right? Now I get people that say, well, Scott, you know, so what's that mean? So uh, what if I've got, you know, three products and they're selling pretty good on Amazon, so what should I do? Uh, Well, you should start doing what I'm going to share with you today. You should start building an email list. You should start delivering content to those people. You should start creating your own sales funnel, your own sales experience, right? That stuff should definitely be in the mix. And that's what I'm going to kind of go through here a little bit today um, because I think it's important. It's something that I'm going to be working on. And it's something that I've been doing now for probably close to, like I said, nine, 10 years, it all came down to, or still comes down to, you know, delivering value to a market. So if you're in the product selection phase right now, you want to not just look at a widget. Okay. You want to look at a product that serves a market. Okay. Because if you can do that, then you can create content that helps serve that market that then you can touch them again and again and again with Amazon. They go to the listing. If they don't buy your product, the chances of them coming back to your listing are probably slim to none unless they've added you to the cart. Right. Other than that, they're probably not going to see you unless you start running ads that are going to be there if they search that again. But you're never going to be able to get them to just see it automatically um, because you know, you want to, right? It's just not the way that it works. And Amazon controls that experience right? But again, 
I'm not saying I wouldn't start on Amazon. I want to be very clear on that. I think Amazon is a great platform and I'm still going to be launching products there myself, um, but I'm also going to be taking um, a different approach moving forward with the products that I have and the products that I plan to, to sell in the future, okay? Because it's just, it's just to me, it's, it's the best way, it's the long-term play, all right? And the thing is, when you are when you are just starting, okay, you need to think a little bit longer term now, okay? So when you're picking that product, like I said, and you're going to hear me say it again and again, I just need to drill this point in and drill it home, drive it home. I think that's the proper analogy, right? Drive it home. Uh, <laughs> you need to think longer term, okay? And you need to have that longer term plan, okay? The other thing is you need to pick a market to serve products to, Okay, what's that mean? Well, it means that we're not just going to go after the latest widget, okay, that's hot right now. Now, you can do that, and there's people that do that, and they, they, you know, they make money at it. You know, you might be selling t-shirts that are for Donald Trump, you know, or whatever, right, or toilet paper that have Trump on it or something, right? I mean, and I don't want to offend any, any uh, you know, people that are into politics out there. I'm not, not going to do that, but you guys get what I'm saying, right? If you're going to ride a trend... It's okay. You can make a little bit of money at that. It's kind of like retail arbitrage, right? Or online arbitrage. You're finding something, you're going to make short-term success on that one item, and then from there, you're going to move on to the next thing. And that's okay. If you're into this thing to just learn the process and make money, you're like, right now, some extra cash, then fine. Sustainable, not probably a good move, okay? But that's, you know, it's still, it's okay to do that if that's what you want to do. But if you want to create a real business, Okay, one that you can feel good about and also that you know that you have, you know, a longer term path with than picking a market, okay, a niche, a niche, however you want to call it, to serve products to, that will be your best way to go about it, okay? And then the other thing is once you do all of that, you need to create your own sales channel. We also call that your sales funnel and an email list. All right, and I'm gonna go over some of that. And in the future, coming you know to you here on the podcast, I'm definitely gonna be diving into that a lot more because that's what I'm doing. Okay. So I get this question again though, and I gotta just say it again, and I'm gonna kind of clear it up right now. Scott, can I still find products to sell on Amazon? And the answer is yes, you can. And you can still find products that are $15 to sell on Amazon. Does that mean that it, uh, it's going to be easier for people to hijack your listing? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, but it's still possible, right? Uh, you, you, just, you just need to understand that if you have a product that sells you know, over $20, it's a little bit harder. If you sell something that's $30 or $40, it's a little bit harder. If you sell something for $75 or $100, it's a little bit harder uh, as far as people hijacking you, right? And that's just just the way it works. Uh, you know, and it's harder for people to source a product that's more expensive. So if that's your path, then go down that path, right? But just understand there's no reason to not get started. All right. But bottom line is, and this is what I wanted to kind of cover here today. You need to think of this like a business, unless you're just doing the thrifting, finding stuff to sell on eBay or Amazon. If you are totally cool, not a problem. All right. So let me kind of go through the numbers real quick. Okay. 
And I'm not going to go into all of the, you know, you know, I spent this penny on this and this penny on that. I'm just going to give you kind of like the rough numbers to kind of show you kind of what's been happening, but also that what kind of woke me up, but also that you can see that it's, you know, to some people it's great numbers to some people it's not so great numbers. All right. So in, and I'm going to combine these two, uh, two brands. I'm, I've, I have two current brands right now that I'm working in. I'm actually have a third that I'm going to be starting to work in, which is kind of exciting, which is going to be a brand as we talk about with a product line, um, with its own sales funnel and all that stuff. But right now, let me just kind of give you what's happening. So in March, we had 1,385 orders in the one brand at $19,535. In the other brand, we had 581 orders at $6,632 for a total of $26,167. Not that great. It was okay, but not that great. Still over 25 grand. April, we had 1,001 orders, 13,600 in the one brand, and then the other one was 560 orders at $6,774. That was a $20,000 and $374 month. Not that great, but okay, right? Still over the 20,000 mark. Um, okay, and now I want to also clear this up. A lot of people I'm, I'm hearing they're throwing out numbers like we just did 80 grand um, this month in revenue, but they're selling a $150 product. So to get to that $150 revenue number, which sounds amazing, uh, you know, it's it's, you know, it's just a number, right? Bottom line is, is like, okay, how much are you taking away? Um, and all that stuff, how much are you spending in pay-per-click, all of that stuff. Right now, what I'm giving you, I don't have a product right now that sells more than $29.95, okay? I've got one item, actually four variations, but one, one of those items is a bundle. It sells for $29.97.95, something like that. All the other ones are between, I would say, $14.95 and all the way up to maybe $24.95. Okay. So just to kind of give you like these are like, you know, a thousand and sixty orders plus nine hundred and sixty-five. Like you're talking like two thousand units being sold per month. Okay. Um, okay, so um, let's go to May. We had 1,060 orders in the one brand. That was $15,318. So it was uh, in the other brand, we had 965 orders. Um, so we're growing in brand two. So the two combined was um, $27,841. And then June, we started to do a little bit better. Um, we did uh, 1,215 in brand one. And in brand two, we did 1,165, almost the same as brand one now at $15,272. So that's a total of $35,614. Now, again, that's revenue numbers, right? Right now, we're running between 20 and I would say 22% is the margin, okay, roughly, okay? Now, pay-per-click, I've definitely driven the price down on that. A few months, I was running pay-per-click on both brands and probably spending between four and five grand. Um, I've got it down now to where we're probably spending under three grand amongst the two, maybe even a little bit less, maybe even like 2,500. So that's where we're saving money there, but the sales are actually increasing a little bit. So that's kind of good. Um, but anyway, so um, total FBA fees now, I, I want to throw this out here to you. Okay. So if we were to combine all of those March, April, May, and June, and all those orders, right? We had a ton of orders, right? We spent about $40,000 in FBA fees. Well, here's the thing. And here's what got me thinking, right? I'm like, okay, this is great, right? Amazon is awesome. I love Amazon. They're doing a lot of the work, 
but man, $40,000 in FBA fees, what if I could sell even 25% of those orders on my own e-commerce store? I could cut that down, right? That's money in the business's pocket, right? Now, again, I'm not saying that you want to take all your sales and get them off of Amazon. I'm not saying that. You want to kind of have both. But wouldn't it be awesome, even if we were spending the 40000 in FBA fees um, on Amazon, but then on the side, we were still, maybe we were only getting 25% sales from our own e-commerce or our own sales channel, and we were only paying 25% of that for fees because we were able to fulfill them through another fulfillment company, or maybe we just had someone else locally fulfill them, right? So there's other different options that we can do, but I'm just saying like, when you look at those numbers, you're like, okay, that's another cost that could be that could be shaved if we were able to have some of those sales come through our own e-commerce. And that can happen once you build an email list, once you build a sales funnel, once you build your own sales channel, your, your own following in a sense, right? All of that stuff can happen. But again, I just want to give you kind of like all of the different pieces of data that I'm looking at and then and also my thought process through it, okay? But still, okay? All in all, we did just about $110,000 in in revenue and in sales, okay? For a product, you know, most of the products that are $20, you know, in that range. I have one it sells probably 8 to 10 a day at 29.95. But all the rest are some of them are 14.95, right? So again, if we were selling a product that was $100, we could show that we just made, you know, a ton more money, right? Like we could have said revenue-wise, we're at $600,000. Um, but because of that, we, we're, not, we're not showing that. We're showing like, again, this is kind of more of like what I think people are doing and they want to do because it's easier to get into the game. With that being said, there's definitely more competition, okay? But, big but, capital but here, quotation but, if I was to start over again, would I still start on Amazon? And the answer is yes, but, another but, I would have started my external channel sooner. I know better than that, okay? I know what an email list does. I know what content creation does. I know what it does with SEO, with organic search traffic. I know what Facebook ads can do. I know all about that stuff, but I was so busy in building the Amazon businesses and kind of keeping them running and allowing other people to now help in that process. Also, running my other digital businesses that I currently have that I'm running, right? And to be able to run the podcast, right? So I know what had to be done and I know what has to be done, but it's a matter of getting it done, right? It's one of those things. So, you know, am I upset and disappointed? No, I think that we still are doing good and we have good growth here. I mean, in June, we're definitely growing, but it doesn't mean that July will be. I mean, we have Prime Day coming up, but it still doesn't mean that the numbers are always going to go up, 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 okay? We'd like them to, but it doesn't mean that they're going to be. Um, so with that all being said, still not that shabby, right? Okay, it's still, it's it's money, right? It's money coming in the door and we're validating and we're able to uh, to continue to have customers receive our items. If you have an insert card, you're able to start maybe collecting some emails. It's still a lot harder to get people to type in um, an email address. I mean, your, your conversion rate on that is really, really low, but it's better than nothing, right? So the setbacks that I want to talk about and the reason why um, I wanted to share this as well is, uh, and, and kind of like, you know, the reason why the growth um, to me isn't where I wanted it to be Number one, I had some problems with some inventory, 
Okay, so with all that being said, with those numbers, still having, you know, those numbers, I had problems with inventory. I had a batch of inventory twice that got pulled, that basically they said, your refund rate is too high, we are not going to allow you to sell that because customers are saying that it was missing a piece. Or, and, and I'm talking like out of like 50 orders, there might've been three orders, right? The percentage was just, they, they didn't like the percentage over that short window. So we had to go through the whole, you know, well, this is what we have. Can you pull it off there? Can you see that it's matching the skew? And in one situation, in one scenario, it was actually a mislabel on their part. I had them label um, the, uh, you know, the products. I paid them 20 cents to put on the FNSQ and they put it on the wrong package of mine when it was shipped. So because of that, I was, my, my listing was suspended, uh, you know, for a short while. Okay. But on one of them, there was a problem, which was a manufacturer problem that I had then, I had to go ahead and pull it off the shelf. I think it was about 300 units. But again, that took that listing down or that variation down. And, uh, and then it, it, it kind of slowed things down. It slowed sales. And I lost, that was on, on the bundle, by the way, too, the twenty nine ninety five one. So I was selling between eight and 10 a day. I went down to selling like none a day for probably a good week. And then once I got back in stock, because they were able to, you know, uh, rectify that, uh, you know, everything was, was okay. Uh, now with the orders that were there or that the inventory w- that was there, then it took me a little while to get back up and I'm still not fully up. I think I might sell five to seven of those a day at 29.95, but the profit on those is about 12 to $14. So it's good, right? But it's still, that was a setback. All right. Again, it happens. Okay. Uh, the other setback, the second one I have here on my list is I ran out of stock on three SKUs when one of them, one of the new items that we launched around Mother's Day, okay, it was, it was a good product to sell around Mother's Day, um, it still will sell, we're hoping five to 10 per day because it's a low ticket price, it's about a $14.95 product, but um, it's very easy um, to source and we can buy in the States. Um, so because of that, um, you know, it, it's great, it's a great thing. We can launch a bunch of these different products, different SKUs, different variations, but we were selling 30 to 40 units per day. But guess what? We ran out of stock because we couldn't plan properly. We didn't know we were gonna sell 30 or 40 per day. And then as soon as we got back in stock, guess what? You know, the holiday's over. So now we go down to where we, we're, we're selling five to, to 10 a day, which is still good. That was our goal. But man, we, if we were selling 30 to 40 a day, and that wasn't just on one, that was on like three, well, we ran out of stock on three of those. So you're talking 100 units a day gone, right? We had them going for like, you know, we, these were kind of like test products. We were just testing them. So we only tested them with like, I think at first we did 250 units and we blew through those. And then we hurry up and try to order a bunch more. And we got about 500 in and we blew out those. But we ran out of stock, right? So, hey, it's part of it, right? Okay, so the third thing on my list here is we had a suppressed listing that I didn't know about for two days because they didn't notify me. They just suppressed it, right? So I logged in to make a change and I seen that the little, the little red text that said suppressed was lit up and I looked into it and guess what? My title was too long. My title was too long after the fact. That, that listing was up for probably three months, but now they made a change. So they went ahead and they suppressed my listing until I got it fixed. Right? So then I fixed it, we notified them, we got it back up and running, but it was probably out for about 24 to 48 hours. I forget the exact time. But again, something that I, I didn't have any control over, right? They suppressed it. So, hey, it happens, right? 
And then the fourth thing on my list was because, and again, like I told you guys, if you're going to launch products that are under $20, be prepared. You're going to have hijackers. It's just the way it's going to, it's the way it's going to be, right? Um, I do have um, Listing Eagle, uh, which um, I'm actually um, on the board of, uh, of that software with, uh, with John Haver. Um, and that software definitely helps in this process, but you still have to go through the process when you get a hijacker, right? You still have to, uh, you know, follow through with the emails and you have to still follow through with that stuff, but it notifies you right away so you can get on it as quick as possible. And that has definitely helped, but you know, that's part of having a product that's a less expensive product. You're going to have hijackers. And that doesn't mean you won't have them on more expensive products, but it definitely um, is easier. And when you're doing a test product like we were doing, we didn't really have any custom packaging or anything to differentiate it, right? Now we do. We added something in there. It's a it's a little piece inside of uh you know, of the, the product that no one else is, is offering right now. So that's going to separate us, but it took time because now we had to take those variations that didn't have that extra thing in it. We had to kind of wean them out. We had to kind of like sell them off. And then we had to switch over to the other variation, which was a kind of a headache, but we had to do it right. Um, but we, again, to stay where it was going to be easier for us to differentiate and then also get off hijackers. Because if you don't have something in there that you can't prove is yours with a brand name or with something that is uh, definitely unique to your, your packaging or anything like that, anyone's going to jump on there. They're going to do it. It's a shortcut. They're going to do it. So just be prepared for that. So those were my setbacks. Problems with inventory, some, some uh, defects, ran out of stock on three SKUs, suppressed listing, hijackers. It's all part of the process, but it also made me say, huh, you know, Scott, why didn't you start thinking about your external channels sooner? Well, because I was busy doing everything else, right? And things were just kind of running, right? But this is why I'm now focusing on external channels in addition to Amazon, Okay. And the way that it looks is like this. Okay. Number one, content marketing is still the best strategy for long-term growth. And you can ask anyone on that. You can go over to niche pursuits, ask, um, Spencer Hawes, ask him what is the best long-term kind of like bulletproof way to build a business long-term. And I'm going to almost bet on it that he will say content marketing Deliver useful, really good content that's not all spammy, that's not driven for keywords, and just publish really good content that people will want to consume, but people will also want to link to, and they'll want to share, all right? So that is like number one. So if you're selling something uh, and you can create content around it, that is going to be your best strategy moving forward, okay? But problem with that is it takes time. And it takes a certain skill set or hiring the right people, all right? Now, I'm not going to go into that right now, but I do want to just kind of let you be aware of these different things that I'm thinking of that I think that you should be thinking of as well when you're at that point, all right? Now, again, I wouldn't be, I still wouldn't be thinking about this right now as in detail as I am if I wasn't already selling product. If I wasn't already selling product, I'd be thinking about finding the product, finding the market, finding the products to serve to that market, and then I would start launching on Amazon. That's the process. Then I would move into this. I would still do everything the same as of right now that I'm recording this, okay? Now, the next thing in this process of the 
external channels, okay, is having a lead, okay, where or having a place to where we lead in with the content to educate and teach about our products, okay? So we want to lead with the content that educates and teaches about your products, okay? That's, to me, that's everything, right? If, if you've ever started looking at buying something, you're probably going to look and see about what other people have used it for, or maybe you're not sure how it works, right? So you're going to start to do this research, and guess what? It's going to usually land on content. And if that content is yours, well, then guess what? You're that much closer to getting a sale or capturing an email, okay? And that's where on that piece of content, and this is, again, something that I'm going to be doing, you offer what they call a content upgrade. And that content upgrade could just be something a little bit more deeper or maybe a self-evaluation or whatever, right, in exchange for the email. It could be a cheat sheet. It could be, um, you know, the 10 things you need to know about, you know, buying a a fly fishing rod, um, you know, before you buy one or something like that, right? Something that they can get that they're going to want to put their name and email address in to get. All right. And it, it just varies on depending on what your, what market, what, you know, what you're going into. Okay. So again, I'm going to be kind of covering a lot of this stuff as I go through it. I'm in the middle of it like right now, like right now, um, you know, we're thinking about like, okay, what are the 10 things that my market needs to know about this product? What are the 10 things that my market is asking about this product? Those are 20 pieces of content that we are writing right now around the different markets that we're in, okay? And that's how you can fully build out a brand over time. And that's just 20 different pieces of content. These con- these pieces of content could be articles on your blog. They could be YouTube videos. Uh, maybe your, your product definitely lends itself to a YouTube video. Um, or maybe Pinterest is a hot place for your market. I know I just met with um, a neighbor of mine here in South Carolina who actually helped us in buying this house, which we met as uh, she was a blogger. And my wife's seen that she was blogging about this area. So she met up with her. And long story short, we became friends. Friends, well, she doesn't really know about the private labeling space. She doesn't know about Amazon, but she has a great blog and she has a ton of content and she has a great following. So now she is going to then take what she has and then piggyback off of Amazon and launch products there and then also sell them to her customer base, right? So I don't know where I was going with that, but just to kind of let you guys know that a real business is about having content that helps a market and educates them so where they get to know, like, and trust you. And the best way to do this is to capture an email address so then you can drip out this content over time so you can slowly educate them. And I don't mean send them an email and sell them something. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying send them an email to a blog post or a video or something that genuinely helps them and then you have a a very, very subtle mention of your product throughout. And then from there, if they le- if it leads over to there, it does. And, and that's really how that would work, all right? Now, there's a bunch of different things that you can do, and I just want to cover a couple of these right now. But a lot of people say, Scott, well, how do I attract the right prospect, the right customer? Um, you know, I know writing content and stuff or doing YouTube, it takes time, right? Well, the thing is, guess what? We can buy traffic. 
Now, I don't have time today to go into that, but I'm going to talk a little bit more about this moving forward. Like Facebook is probably like the number one place to go and find your prospects and customers and you know, to just go out there and figure out what they need and what they want and then just give it to them, right? And then there's so many different things that you can do by using uh, Facebook, by using, they have a Facebook uh, pixel that they call that. It's a tracking pixel that you can drop into one of your pages that one of your prospects lands on. And once they land on it, you start to build a custom audience. And then that custom audience, you can retarget. There's like so much stuff that you can do. We talked about this at the TAS Breakthrough Live event and um, everyone went nuts because there's just so much that you can do, right? And I know this stuff, but I need to start doing it, right? So that's what I'm going to be working on. Again, and I'm gonna report back to that. But the lessons learned here, okay? The lessons learned here, that I want to share with you is that number one, business is like a roller coaster and there is not a one size fits all. It is different, but the principles still apply. That, to me, that will never change. The internet to me is not going away. There's always going to be a need for people needing to educate themselves about a product or a passion that they're into. And then there's always going to be places for us to be able to deliver that to them. And there's always going to be ways for us to piggyback off of traffic, such as Facebook. Facebook right now is the big one, but it could be something new in the future. Pinterest is another big one. Instagram is another big one, right? So I want to also remind you that every business has its challenges. Every business I've been in multiple businesses, going all the way back to my father's business, who you guys have probably heard me talk about, that business had tons of challenges, right? It had an upside, but it had a lot of downside, right? And that's why I'm not in that business any longer. It just, it just wasn't right for me. And uh, you know, we did well in it, but there was just a lot, a lot of challenges. Um, if you guys missed kind of like my entire journey, if you guys want to hear that, you can you can always go to uh, episode 125. That's the amazingseller.com forward slash 125, and you can listen to all of that there. Uh, but again, every business has challenges, every single one, all right? The other thing I want to remind you is that you want to choose markets to target and not a product widget, Okay. Widgets come and go. Now, if you want to do that for the short term and just make some quick money, that's fine, you know? But to me, if I'm going to invest in time or invest in money, I want to invest in something that could pay me for a very long time. That's where I'm at in this game. That doesn't mean that I haven't done that, right? I, I have built little niche websites. They've made some money. I have dabbled in eBay and made some money. Actually, I made quite a bit of money on eBay, actually. Um, I, I made one year, uh, I think I made over $50,000 on eBay selling used refurbished projectors for eight millimeter reel-to-reel film, all right? So, you know, there's always ways that you can capitalize on a trend, but it's just not long-term. Like that wasn't a long-term play for me. It was how can I make some money right now to help put my kids through a private school? That's where that was, right? But for me now, and I think anyone that, you know, they want to build long-term stability, it's definitely going to be building it this way with an email list, 
that can then drive people to useful content, educate them, get them to know, like, and trust you, and then lead them through the sales process in the way that it should be done, right? In the order into which they would need to buy something, right? If they buy something uh, on day one, is there something that's related to that product that you could put in front of them, kind of like Amazon does, but you don't have the control of it? Sometimes you, you know, you have a product that you sell. Amazon, they sell your product, but then they show you other people's related products in their customers who bought this also bought this type stuff. That's not your product. Wouldn't you like to be able to make that your product? You can do it inside of Amazon if you, you know, you kind of do some hacks, right? You can have people buy multiple products of yours so it shows up that way, but you got to kind of you gotta gotta game the system, or if it naturally happens, then great. But if you if you have your own sales channel, your own sales funnel, you make that happen however you want. That's a sales funnel, and I love that stuff. And I'm again, I get excited about stuff because that's something I'm going to be definitely doing, and I'm I'm working on right now, and I'm hoping to be able to share a lot of that with you. The ups, the downs, and all the stuff in between. All right, but yeah, choosing markets to target and not a product widget, I think is definitely long-term stuff, okay? Widgets come and go. Markets are gonna usually stay, for example, fishing. Fishing has been around for years, right? I don't believe I don't believe it's going away. Yes, there's gonna be new rods, there's gonna be new lures, there's gonna be new bait, right? But that's what's great about it. But there's still gonna be people that are avid fishermen or fisher fishing women, or <laughs> however you would say that. People that like to fish. Um, bowling. If you guys listened to that interview with my father in the truck cast, um, you heard us kind of break down his, you know, he's got a, a passion for bowling. I do as well. Um, I, I bowled in a, in a pretty competitive league. So did he. And um, and we were we were okay. You know, we carried a, a two, 200 plus average. Um, but there's different things that that market needs. And we went down and we broke down a product line that he could technically roll out right? Um, so there's, again, that's a market. Woodworking, again, that's a magazine that you'll see at the, at the supermarket, right? If there's a magazine, there's a market, okay? So woodworking. Painting, like it could be adult painting. It could be kid painting. It could be all different kinds of painting. It could be um, crafting. It could be um, people that enjoy, uh, well, the one I did with uh, Mike Jackness uh, just recently with adult coloring books. Like, I don't necessarily think that that's a market that might be here forever, but it's definitely going to be a market of people that are into the relaxation of you know, coloring. So there could be other products down the line that you could promote to, but that's a whole nother conversation, but you get what I'm saying, but fishing, bowling, woodworking, painting, crafting, um, you know, people that are into a certain thing like that. Those are markets, um, that I believe that people fitness, uh, you know, exercise, all of those things, people are going to be doing them in my opinion for years, right? So if you build something that serves a market, to me, that's the long-term play. Not to mention, too, if you ever sell, it's great because now everything is geared towards that one market, all right? So I want you to ask yourself this question, okay? Can you create content around your market? If you already have a product right now, can you create content around your market that helps your customer, helps them understand it, helps them maybe understand the product, maybe understands how to use it better, how to get better results. Um, maybe they have questions about it through the reviews that you read. Are there things that you could create around your product that lends itself to a market? Okay. And if you can do that right now and you have a product, then you are, 
you're, you're ahead of the game, okay? That, that's a bonus for you, okay? Because to me, that is the long-term play. So hopefully this episode has been helpful. Hopefully you can see too that I don't want to sugarcoat anything here. I'm being 100% honest, 100% transparent with you guys because that's what I want to be. And I want to share with you that, you know, everything isn't always perfect. You're going to have ups, you're going to have downs, but you have to have a plan. And the plan today might be one thing and the plan tomorrow might be something different. I don't mean exactly tomorrow. You guys get what I mean. Like maybe a year from now, it could change. You might have to pivot a little bit. Uh, But the main thing that I want you to walk away from is that business is business. People are people. And if you follow what I just shared with you, And what I'm planning on doing, I think we have a better chance of succeeding. And again, I hope that this has been helpful. Um, I'm going to stick to my strategy, which is launching and validating on Amazon first. That is still my strategy. And then, only then, will I launch those products on the e-commerce slash sales channel or funnels that I talked about. All right. So the plan and the strategy is still the same as the day that I started this podcast. All right, so guys, if you want to hear about how to launch your own first product, again, I wanna remind you about the upcoming workshop. You can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. I'll answer any questions you have there. It's always live, so if you uh, wanna join us there, definitely go register. If you guys want the show notes to this episode, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 228 and you'll get all the transcripts, you'll get the show notes, any links, all that good stuff will be there. And do me a favor, go ahead and share the podcast with someone that you think that would get value from it. Only from people that you think would get value because I think that if we if we help each other, it's not only going to help ourselves, right? We're gonna be able to help other people. And that's my goal, that's my mission, is to be able to not just help myself, but to then take my lessons that I've learned and help one other person so that way they can live the life that I'm living, which is basically the life of being able to do what I wanna do, where I wanna do it, live where I wanna live, and I think that is is everything. So um, hopefully you can do that if you think that there's someone that would get value from the podcast. Definitely go ahead and share it. And you know, go over to iTunes, leave me a little love over there. That would be awesome. And uh, yeah, guys, that's it. That's going to wrap it up. So guys, remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you. But you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. You guys know what I'm going to say. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode.